Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling into the 4 o'clock hour. Welcome in ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. We're live at Team Chevy. They've got their first anniversary sales event going on today and all of May. So you want to get out here. And at 95, you can save a, a boatload on their anniversary sale or during their anniversary sale, 95 and Ann Road. Visit online at TeamChevroletLV.com. We've got great prizes like uh, VGK, gold jacket, and hat. Lots of uh, Aces swag. Also, did I say Aces? Aces. Swag, the new name or, or swag. Um, our big prize is a Samsung 50-inch TV. That's pretty cool. You can add that to your man cave. Add it to hey, it might be an upgrade to be the TV in the house. 50-inch smart TV, Samsung. It's got all the bells and whistles, and we're giving it away today at the end of the show. So come in. All you got to do is sign up. Uh, you don't have to be present to win, but stop in. Talk to the folks here at Team Chevy. Watch the show. You can talk sports with us. Give your support for the A's. By the way, later in the show, we'll reveal a poll that we got. An email today that says three-quarters of Clark County voters huh. Wait, support the A's to Vegas and the stadium plan. That's a different poll than I saw. 66%? 75%? No, I saw they a... They gave both the numbers. I'm telling you. I got uh, it. I, I, it must be I different. Tweet, I tweeted it out today. Yeah, it must be different. I Screenshotted saw, uh, it and uh, got a quote from Dave Cavill, the uh, president of the A's. He's all fired up. Let me see, let me see if I can find the quote. What did you get? I saw 41% yes, 36% no, and then like 20-whatever, 3% don't care, which I assume is no. Uh, Dave Cavill said, of the poll, we're pleased by these poll numbers and overall support. We look forward to delivering a world-class uh, ballpark and all the benefits of Major League Baseball brings, including jobs, economic, and community impacts, and civic pride. I saw a uh, – we'll, we'll have to get into this later because I saw the uh, LV Chamber also had a comment on it about um, – very fired up to be on the LV Strip. The only problem with the poll is that it was done between the 29th of last month and May 5th. May 9th was when it was announced that the stadium was moving from Wild Wild West to the Trop. So the poll was done when the Wild Wild West was the site. The comment about the stadium being on the LV Strip is reacting to a poll that ended four days before the announcement that it would be on the Strip. Yeah, and also what was the question? The questions, right? You never know what, what the poll had. Do you want? The, do you want? The, do you want Major League Baseball in Las Vegas? Yeah, seventy-five <laughs> percent support. Do you want to pay for it? No. Big Four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. Adam is a he's a very thorough guy. He's a prep hound. In between writing all stories for the paper, he'll send over uh, twenty, thirty stories. Um, in your story list today, I did not see. MLS going to San Diego? Are you not fired up? They're no. getting a team, right? Yeah, but I mean, this was this has been a foregone conclusion. Well, it's still a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. Like I think we talked five months ago about San Diego getting an MLS team. Are you disappointed that we're not ready, or Don Garber deemed us not worthy? He's the head of the MLS for a team right now. I, sh- I want a Premier League team. <laughs> Don't mess around with this. Let's let's if, if are they doing expansion? If Europe can get an NFL team. We there, can get a Premier is there, League team. Is there a U.S. division in the uh, Premier League? I would love it. Uh, I don't think there is one. Uh, no, I mean, look, I I've said it. I love going to the lights games. I was at a couple in the last month. I enjoy it. I, I'll go out there. And if there was MLS, I'd be at every single game. That's a promise. But I also understand what that league is. Yeah. And I don't think we necessarily want to be a part of it. 
So well, now, well, uh, what, do you, what does that mean? A, you understand a, what it is? Allegedly, <laughs> be careful. Right, it's a pyramid scheme. Like that's essentially, allegedly, what it is. Just so the more teams that buy in with expansion fees, then that's when the like, existing teams get their pay. Basically, the only way the teams are making money is by charging expansion fees to other teams, and then they get to share in that. And then now. San Diego will be part of it, and then they can expand again, and then San Diego can get their money by expanding again. Like it, they're it televised on what Apple? They're, they're, that is the the package right now. Yeah. Okay. Like how much money are they getting from that? They must be making money as a league now. It's not. It's not enough. Like look how much they're paying for this team. They're not going to make money off of that. What are they paying for the team? I thought it was six hundred million. I have to go look again. Really? I thought that that could. Is that I just threw that number out there. Uh, you know, you don't have to look it up. That sounds crazy to me. I mean, here's a cool thing. They have another reason to kind of justify Snapdragon. Not the people down in San Diego were fighting against building Snapdragon. They wanted to redevelop. $500 million. $500 million. Yeah, they wanted to redevelop that uh, old Jack Murphy site. Did you go to Snapdragon? Yeah, for UNLV. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of the site? It's, it's the, I mean, it's Qualcomm. I mean, it is massive. There is so much room there to build. When are yeah. they going to build the rest of the stuff? Hopefully soon. I mean, it, it'd be a, it's a great area to build up. There's nothing in there right now. It's a great area because it has it has a great whatever the local road is there. But I'll call it behind it. You got a highway Friars. right in front of it. I think it's, yeah, I think it is Friars. Uh, is that what is that the that's the eight that goes across? The, uh, yep. Right on the that's other where side. Where the eight and the fifteen meet, and then you've got the uh, trolley that has to stop there. I know San Diego geography just as well as I know. I know. Well, I couldn't remember Friars, and the funny thing is, I'm there all the time, <laughs> oh, and I drive up and down Friars, and I'm like, oh, this is like we were. I, w- I was down there for. I don't know what it was. I guess it was the uh, the San Diego State basketball game, or maybe even the USD basketball game against um, UNLV. And I was in a ride chair. I wasn't really paying attention. I look up and I'm like, "Oh, there's Snapdragon!" Like you just drive by it all the time. Yeah. That's so a, it's a great. It is a great site, and it'll probably be a really good site for a, sta- a good stadium to house soccer too. Yeah. I mean, well, it was kind of, that was part of the reason it was built. I mean, I would love if it was downtown. Um, but yeah, it, it works out where it's going to be, and I'm sure they'll build up if, if they have two stadiums there. They'll build up around it and. Uh, I think it'll be great. I, I look forward to going to a game there for sure, but I don't necessarily know that we want to be a part of it right now. If you did a radio show in San Diego, would you talk more uh, MLS or Chargers? League MX, for sure. Uh, but I would say probably Chargers. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I've talked to a couple of the Sports Talk radio people there, and they're like, oh, we, can, we can't do that anymore. I'm like, why? The NFL! <laughs> And you don't think there's still Chargers fans we here? Talk Chargers on this station. I know. What are you talking about? Are you crazy? Number three. Big benchmark victory yesterday for our future Las Vegas A's. They got win number 10. Problem is, we're 44 games into the season. You want to know the wor- the most embarrassing part of this to me? Yeah. I was watching. Yeah. What am I doing? How big was the crowd last night? Not, not I refuse to look it up. Not Did big. it eclipse the 2064 from the night before? I thought announced. There wasn't that many people there. No. I think they announced more. But there was less. I know somebody said they were trying to count at first pitch yeah. and they couldn't get to a thousand. Ooh, um, which I believe. I mean, there was nobody there. It was dead quiet. Um, exciting game. Nine, eight, and twelve. D backs are exactly what the A's needed. <laughs> well, D backs have been okay. They actually have been okay, but they're a lot more competitive with the Diamondbacks than they've been against everyone else. Yeah. Mostly everyone else, for sure. And they, you know, <laughs> took twelve innings after uh, somehow the D backs weren't able to score at the top of the tenth or eleventh. Uh, they still couldn't couldn't push a run across, um, but yeah, they eventually got there, got the win, and uh, now they're on a pace to win like thirty two games, thirty seven and one twenty five. Okay, that's bad. the new pace. They got a A to F grade by CBS Sports of a G. 
Sounds right. I mean, I don't know what that stands for. Better. I assume it's worse than F. Yes. Uh, I mean, we want them to be the worst team ever, right? I don't know what we want. I think it'd be fascinating if they're trying to get support here when they can't win a game. Yeah. By this, the way, this they, is what you want. You are closer. They lost today, so they're probably back to a pace of 30, yeah. 35 and a half wins. Perfect. They have an adjusted win total now of fifty two and a half. Oh, Season on. opener come was fifty nine and a half. Come on. But but listen to this. They have to go. Like when you hear fifty two and a half, you're like they have ten wins. There's no way they're going to do that. But all they have to go is forty three and seventy five. I don't think they can. Which is. Horrendous. What are they going to make some <laughs> trade deadline moves to, to bolster the roster? Their young guys will get better. Okay. They have to get Jordan, a lot better. I'm really high on Jordan Diaz. Okay. He's on my fantasy team, and every day I look, I'm like, let's get it going, bro. They're going to have to get a lot better. And I They have a lot of young guys. Yeah, they, they, they can grow with the team, and they can have a big second half. Are you, are you, are you pitching? Are you, are you doing this PR for they're going to be really good in 2027 when they're here? Number two. I'm all on board. I'm just like the Phoenix guys with the Yotes. Uh, Aaron Judge, I said yesterday he didn't cheat. They stole signs, and now we know how they did it so easily. The Blue Jays had to admit. It's not a have to. The Blue Jays admitted, like, our pitcher was tipping the pitches. Yeah. And I said it yesterday, if the Yankees don't take advantage of that, then the entire staff should be fired. That's part of the managerial crew. But now what's happened is now it's become this infantile pissing match Listen to this uh, yesterday as what they're mad about is it looks like the first – I think you mentioned this, right? It was from who? Uh, Middlebrooks? Yeah. Will Middlebrooks, that the first base coach was the guy who was signaling the the, the uh, tips yeah. to judge. And so then the Blue Jays come out the next game, and they're going to start busting this guy Rojas's chops about where he's standing. As is fastball. So those two pitches – now they're yelling at Luis Rojas. He's too far out of the the third baseline. And now the first base coach, D.J. Rayburn, is getting involved. Pete Walker walked to the outfield side of the dugout and told Rojas to get back. And now it looks like Snyder is telling Boone to shut up. This is gamesmanship from the manager. He's saying the third base coach is out of the box. He's trying to get James Hoy's attention. James Hoy is acting like he doesn't hear him. Boone now and saying, now oh, the does. third base coach is out of the box. And now he is moving closer to the box. And then meanwhile, we, we're, we're, we're done with it. We got the, the field. Uh, appreciate that, Vass. I'm true. Um, is it John Schneider, same guy from Duke's Hazard? I think that's his name. The manager of the Blue Jays was going at Rojas. Over Luke. Uh, Schneider is a former catcher who's kind of bulky. Rojas is just kind of, you know, he's a little bit bulky. He's an older guy. And at one point, Schneider looks out there and he's like, shut up, fat boy. Yeah. It's great. I saw all the, like, all, the lip, all the lip readers yesterday going crazy about that one, which is fantastic. It's so awesome. It's good. I love baseball. Beating. All, all, and then all kind of masking the fact that the Yankees pitcher is cheating. Well, that Domingo Herman thing, we're getting more information on it. It sounded like he had a hell of a tacky substance on his hand, so he's facing and a all over his pants too. Oh boy. Yeah. Yes. Today you were out at uh, Vegas Golden Knights practice. I was. Bruce Cassidy spoke. Uh, here he talks about the motivation of a lot of this group going to the Western Conference Finals repeatedly. Let's not talk about the Cup because they kind of changed the team over the years. But, you know, going to the Western Conference Finals multiple times, also not making the playoffs last year, is that the motivation here? If I was in that position, I certainly would look at it that way, that it's not a given every year. You see that with different teams around the league. It became one here in Vegas, which is a good thing. Expectations are high, and then all become it's taken away from you. So I think that's where the motivation would come from. Let's get back to being that team that expects to be there every year and 
Now I think we're farther along than that. Now you're thinking, okay, you're a final four. It's about the big prize. I mean, the motivation originally might have been to get there. Now I think you're, you've got you know, something real tangible in front of you. So Motivation. They have plenty of it. And it's not just from past failings. It's also this is a veteran group that wants to break through and win a cup. Yeah, I don't think you need more motivation at this time. Even if you've won five cups, I don't think you would necessarily need extra motivation at this point. But they've got it, and they've got, you know, I don't know that it's motivation to be going against your old coach, but they've got that. They've got a lot of different things that are kind of building up. And the fact that they haven't won, they haven't, you know, exceeded expectations necessarily. They're just kind of getting to where they're supposed to be every year and not going beyond that. And they've heard the the whispers that they can't do that. Well, if we do play the way we would like to, uh, I would think they would be limited. Dallas plays the way they want to. Then Heiskinen and Harley, these guys will be up the ice as a second wave, and, and Hintz will be getting the puck with speed. So that'll be the challenge for us to take that away from, from Dallas. Uh, I think we have a pretty good rush game when we're going as well, so I'm sure they're, you know, they've got their talking points, so to speak, to take that away f- from us. So I think that happens in every series with most teams, and then whoever executes the plan better usually – or is more committed to the plan, will um, will be able to deny what the other team wants to do. Yeah, Bruce Cassidy talking about the uh, rushes by both teams. They attack yeah. hard. Yeah, and it's certainly going to be a, a you know a big story in the series, and um, the fact that they know each other so well, I, I think is going to be a big key of the series as well. Get on down here, Team Chevy US ninety five and Ann Road giving away a Samsung fifty inch TV towards the end of the show. Just come on in, sign up, take a look at all the deals. Live today, Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Team Chevy, 95 and Ann Road. We've got the 50-inch TV, Samsung TV we're giving away, but you got to come in, sign up. We'll draw a name shortly before 6 o'clock, and then we'll be giving away a 50-inch TV. You can also come in. They've got a contest going on right now to win tickets for the CONCACAF game. You going to that? June 15th? Of course. At the Owl. Semifinals and finals. So that's two dates. You come in, and you can sign up for that. They've got a little contest going on where you uh, guess how many soccer balls in the uh, are in the back of the uh, pickup truck. So you're all set there if you pick the right number. So plenty of things to win. Also free food from, that includes subs and cookies from, Porta Subs, and a lot of cool VGK giveaways. That June 15th game is U.S.-Mexico, which is oh. the nightcap to uh, Panama and Canada. All right. It's a big day. USA Mexico is kind of good. I'll be kind of heated. I'll be there. Pretty good crowd. It was awesome last not, time. Not all American. Uh, last time I would say 70% Mexican fans. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of the joke, yeah. I know. It was, it was <laughs> awesome. It was a great, great road game, atmosphere. Road game in Vegas. It was an awesome atmosphere. Let's do it. All right, where are we now on getting super intense about Pac-12 TV deal and expansion? What TV deal? I still believe they're going to have an awesome TV deal, and it may not be a traditional TV deal, but reading the other day about a heavy YouTube involvement, okay. Do you watch actual TV much? No. You're on YouTube all the time. Exclusively YouTube. So I think it's gonna, it'll, be, it'll blow people away if a lot of it is YouTube and that's where the money's coming from. Um, I don't know how much money can come from it, though. That's the, I'm not sure. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not interested in getting in the weeds. When it happens, it happens. We can break it down. But the speculation and the – kind of cheering against the Pac-12 around the country, I just think is stupid. It's childish. Uh, Ray Anderson, well, the AD at Arizona State, said, eh, decision's not coming for a while. Well, then Ross Dellinger pointed out 
who uh, writes for SI, well, that's a problem. You know, if the decision's coming, you know, real information isn't coming out until August or September, well, San Diego State has an out that they need to give the Mountain West Conference notice if they are going to leave sooner than later, and their exit fee, if they don't give the Mountain West Conference notice by June 30th, would triple. It says here the exit fee is $17 million. I don't know the exact number, but that would seem like June 30th is a really key date, and as Dellinger points out, if they don't get notice and can't give notice, then it could push their entrance another year back to 2025. Yeah, I think that's certainly possible the way that it's going and 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 i mean when you mention you know the money is it's what we'll learn later and that'll come like that's fine but that's what's important like if the money is not great then they're going to be looking at other options no i know the no the money is that is a massive part of the story yeah i'm just saying i'm not going to speculate on who can pay and what they can pay i don't i don't know scale for all of these streaming services and what they feel like pac-12 games are worth yeah, I mean, is, I, is ESPN in? Are they out? Is it a negotiating ploy? Are all the networks out? Is that a negotiating ploy? I don't know. No, I think that that's certainly fair. I just don't. I mean, if if YouTube is where they're direct, where they're targeting, I wouldn't be overly excited if I was San Diego State to say, "Yeah, let's go run and join that." Especially if the Big Twelve really is looking to go east and west, and that's the other rumor we've heard yeah. is that you know it could be a conference that tries to grab freaking UConn and come all the way out here and grab someone. Yeah. That would be at least somewhat appealing, I think, especially from a basketball perspective. That's, you know, on the verge of becoming the best basketball league there is. Might already be. What does it do for them at San Diego State Jones? It's pretty good. Right there, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Well, and UConn. And UConn. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I'm still not feeling like UConn is all the way back. I got to see more. Is all I also, the way back I'm, as a basketball program? Oh, I mean, I mean, like consistently, top twenty-five, winning battles, I, keeping their players, winning in the transfer portal. I mean, the fact that they've won with three different coaches is insane. That's crazy. Should tell you that the system is in place. Yeah, I think and no the question. reason they didn't win was just sort of the getting caught, getting caught in the uh, the conference nonsense. Yeah, and, and look, you know, playing takes, AAC it, ball for a while, and it takes time for a new coach to to build the the program that where he wants to be. And the fact that they've done it three different times is is wild. I don't think in the short term that St. John's with Patino helps UConn's cause. There's plenty of players to go around, but Patino got a whole new team, and they used NIL or whatever else you want to call it, sure, real effectively. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, they they found the funds to build a team. Yeah, we'll see if that works. And that's always sure. been that's part of that's been part of the success at UConn. They had the resources to build their teams and get people to go to stores, Connecticut, from all over the country. You remember, you know, when Calhoun really started, really started achieving. I mean, some of their team was built on West Coast players. They were bringing in players from California. Can you imagine being from California and going to stores, Connecticut, and being like, "Yeah, this is where I want to be." How much do I get? Yes. Did sure. We changed your mind, didn't we? So and now we have a system where that's above board. You can do it. Well, interesting. I mean, just what I'm familiar with, though, Yale has a pretty strong uh, California pipeline too, which is kind of wild. But it started with uh, you know one player at Edwin Drawn like 20 years right. ago, and uh, they're also up a huge... they're also pitching something different. Like sure. U- UConn students and alums can claim that's a great academic institution. Yale is outrageous. 
Sure, but they still have to get basketball players to come commit there, and they've they've done a good job of getting really good players. Yep. Uh, to, they almost got Josh Childress, by the way, which was crazy. It was Edward John's best friend, and they almost went together. Would have built the pro- would have built the program pretty quickly. That was a pretty big name at the yeah. time. Yeah. Hey, we're going to be on the road on uh, Saturday. Ari will be. Cofield and Company is going to be over on uh, over in Henderson at the Galleria Mall, Buffalo Wild Wings, ESPN Las Vegas, with a watch party for the season opener. The Aces opening in Seattle. The party starts at noon. That's when uh, tip goes down. At Buffalo Wild Wings, you can get uh, the one and one burger deal. You buy a burger, you get six wings for only $1. Ari from the show, from Cofield and Company, is going to be there. You can sign up with him to win a pair of Aces tickets for an upcoming game. So, 617 Mall Ring Circle. Very familiar with the uh, Galleria Mall and the uh, BWW over there. Buffalo Wild Wings hosting the first watch party with ESPN Las Vegas of the season. And Cofield and Company will be there with Ari. And it's all brought to you by our friends at Finley Volkswagen Henderson. Hey, it is what it is, brother. Exclusivity. It's next level stuff, man. It's next level stuff. What can you do? All right, now the ACC story is crazy. So we got college sports Armageddon here. Is this really going to happen? You've got what they're calling the Magnificent Seven. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, NC State, North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech uh, are complaining about the TV deal. Their TV deal with ESPN, which what a great deal for ESPN. They got them to basically agree to something all the way through at least 2032, if not 2036. Now, the money's going to go up little by little, but schools like Clemson are like, wait, every team in the Big Ten is going to be getting, you know, 85, 90, 95, 100 million dollars in a couple of years, and we're at half. So now what you're getting is, remember how ridiculous it was with uh, Boise, right? And Gonzaga already has it in the West Coast Conference. Now you've got schools led by the AD at Florida State who are like, no, we want more. We want tiers of who gets the payout in the ACC. That's going to work? It shouldn't, but it worked. Like you said, I mean, for, for, for different types of leagues, like West Coast Conference almost had to do it for Gonzaga. Yeah. Like they almost had to. Like, hey, you're going to get the largest share of the pie because without you, there's no pie. So that works. And Boise, for a time, we saw, we, you know, that was what they were looking for. But these, you know, th- these conferences are a little bit more cyclical. We've seen even the Mountain West. Like Boise's not that team anymore. Who knows what Clemson, and that's why, Clemson was in the team last and year. And that's why you don't do this. Of course. Because it can be cyclical, and you know things can change in three, four, five years. And you're, and you're almost helping the teams you know, keep, sure keep that, that cycle from happening exactly. if you're doing that. Yeah, yeah you can't crazy. do that. You can't do that. I mean, at a they much smaller be. level, the, the nonsense with the San Diego State folks uh, talking about it and then using the San Diego State writer Ziegler to push this whole, we should get a double buy. The first place team in the Mountain West Conference should get a double buy. Get out of here. You're not even staying in the conference. What, what are you doing? <laughs> Who are you? It also doesn't really help you. It's, it's stupid. It's so dumb. Um, let's lean on uh, Lucy, our ACC expert who I found up on TikTok, to tell us more, kind of in, encapsulate this story with a potential breakup of the ACC. Okay, so seven ACC schools basically met up and were like, hey, we are not happy with the ACC right now. And this makes it look like they're all trying to leave the conference. That's not necessarily the case. I don't think this means much, but I'm going to do my best to explain it. So basically, it started a few months ago when Clemson and Florida State were like, really pissed because the SEC and the Big Ten are making so much money and they're like, we can't compete. We're making nothing with the ACC and we're doing equal revenue sharing, which means Clemson and Florida State, who bring in a lot of money to the conference, are making the same as Wake Forest. Okay. So who did it better, Cofield or Lucy Sports Jokes? Lucy. I think she did. Yeah. I know. Much more succinct to the point. I got to get to uh, TikTok soon. 
I got to be a sidekick on shows like that. True. This is all over soon. Lucy, do you need some help making a rundown? Yeah, I'll do the rundown and I'll hold the camera. Can I edit the video? I got no shot. It might be out. It might be out of your qualification range. I know. Sad. It's real sad. The game's passed you by. I mean, it's unfortunate. So now what people are doing is now they're picking different parts of the ACC to go to other conferences. Is that going to happen? Is the whole thing going to break up? I hope so. Why? Why? I just it's fun. It's fun. The whole thing's fun. Who knows I, I, where? Who I found, knows? You know what's great? I found another TikTok breakdown, a guy doing it, and he kept saying these teams want to go here and these teams want to go there. They're schools. Yeah. Okay? There is more than the team. They're school. They're institutions that have been in these historical conferences for dozens, if not upwards, of like 80, 90 years. It's not a team making a decision. This no, isn't relegation. Kind of. No, it's not. Kind of. There's still school concerns. Academics matter a tiny bit. Tradition matters a tiny bit. To me still. I know I keep beating this drum. You're on your own. I I know I keep beating this drum back to the Pac-12 that, you know, Stanford and Cal are not joining up in a conference with, you know, JUCOs like Texas Tech. Sorry to people who went to Texas Tech. I I don't see that happening. Palo Alto Community College. We roll on. Second half of the program coming to you live from Team Chevy. Come on down. Sign up for the uh, TV giveaway. we got a 50-inch Samsung that goes out. At the end of the show, 95 and Ann wrote. You know, we were just talking about um, schools now being able to buy players above the board you know, or above board with NIL, right? And going back in history to Big East programs like UConn, being able to grab players from all over the country and how they did it and now they can do it above board. And the craziness of college football now where we see. Do you follow the, the site? Because uh, it's almost impossible to keep track of what the hell's going on with the portal. There's a um, there's a handle Farrell Portal, and I mean it is just it just never ends. But they did a good job the other day of listing scholarship players that have gone into the portal from each school in a conference, and it really is crazy when you see it. Like UNLV's had, I think it's closer to 30 overall because some of the players who went into the portal weren't on scholarship, but they've had 20 scholarship players go into the portal, and they were in the middle of the pack. I was gonna say that seems low, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, who's the who's been the standard bearer? Obviously, Colorado, which is over forty players. I don't know how many were on scholarship, but since the beginning of last season, they've had sixty four of eighty four leave. Um, they did get. They are getting. He. I'll tell you what. He is getting some good players in the portal because uh, I saw that a Houston running back who's been a little dinged up, McCaskill, who I mean looks like the second coming size wise. Of like you know Eric Dickerson, big back, super speed. He just committed to Colorado. I'm not saying it's Eric Dickerson, but it's part. Of, it's it's part of the deal now. We haven't heard a whole lot with NIL, and because a lot of this started with Ed O'Bannon and video game stuff. Yeah. So is there going to be money out there? These these games do exist. Are there going to be real players in the games, and will they get a cut moving forward? Do they only get a cut when they're playing, or is this something that goes on for life since a game could be played for life? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's a fair question. It's when they're sold, so that'll be kind of continuing, although usually they make a new version and they don't sell anymore uh, for the most part with the old one. Uh, but the game, EA college football game went away a while ago. Like They stopped doing it, mostly because of this decision, and they couldn't figure out exactly how they are going to break it down or how they'd be able to pay people or what they should pay them. Uh, turns out the game is coming back. They made the announcement. And they've not quite made a decision on what the compensation will be. But their first step is that any player, and I assume, again, there's a lot of things to work out. I assume it's scholarship players at 
any Division One uh, FBS school can opt in to being in the game. So they're going to make the full roster. They're going to make the players that resemble the actual players on the roster. And you can either be a nameless, kind of faceless person like that was in the old game, even though they would kind of make it look like you, uh, or you can be you. And they can, they'll include you in the game and you'll be a part of it. And then at some point down the road, they're going to figure out how to compensate the players, whether that's everybody gets an equal share or if there are certain players that are more prevalent or more used or something like that and they figure out a, a higher share. But they, they first want to know who wants in and who, who doesn't. So they're going to allow you to opt in to being part of the game and then figure out what the compensation will be later. It's not going to be a lot because there's so many players to kind of spread it between. Even though it's a ton of money in the pool, there's a lot of guys to spread it out between, but they will figure something out. So one of the other watershed moments in this NIL thing to get us where we are now was Nick Saban going off on Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M for buying players. And everyone got all worked up. I think we both knew what he was doing because we've seen Ohio State and Ryan Day do, try to do the same thing. What was, he, what was the ultimate goal there, to take down Texas A&M or? Or to inspire his people to buy more players, right. which was what it was. The system is what it is. You need to spend so we get players. Well, apparently, and Day, Day did it kind of opposite where he's like, we need your money to keep our players. And apparently it was kind of a miscommunication, uh, which – the speech that he gave, if you think back on it, was to uh, a bunch of boosters. He was at a booster meeting, and they had believed that the cameras had been shut off because media wasn't allowed to ask questions. They were only supposed to shoot for a certain amount of time, but somebody did record it, and so it got out. So he was strictly just speaking to boosters as that just came out now, uh, but he was challenging them. Hey, look, Texas ain't bought a bunch of players. You can do that, and we can be better, or we're going to fall behind. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Cofield and Company rolling on Team Chevy, 95 and Ann Road. Doing their anniversary sale all month long. 400 vehicles to choose from. Biggest inventory in the West. And blowing away the uh, MSRP prices. Offering savings of up to $7,000 below MSRP to... uh, Look at the cars. Come on out here. But you can also go online, TeamChevroletLV.com. So you and I differ. You're pretty confident that the Nuggets will make the adjustments to make sure that the games don't get too close like last night. I don't think you're predicting a 4-0 sweep, but that they're in good position. I think the Lakers showed a lot of things last night that convinced me they can win this series. Chad Andrus covers the Nuggets. He does radio for the fan in Denver. He's awesome on basketball, longtime voice of the NBA Summer League. And Chad is up with Cofield and Company. What's up, buddy? Rest and recovery day for everyone in the Mile High, especially yes. those old guys from Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, a little stressful, though, for uh, <laughs> young and old fans who are sitting in the arena and watching. Um, is that the narrative, what happened down the stretch? What's the big narrative on Sports Talk Radio in Denver about the Nuggets' Game 1 victory? The narrative is more around, I think, the national perspective that, oh, it's clear that the Lakers discovered something and they'll make an adjustment and this will be a long series, because clearly, you know, Nick Wright and others told me there's no adjustment the Nuggets can make. I mean, there's just nothing else they could possibly do. I mean, the guy who won two back-to-back MVPs is clearly going to be baffled and flustered by Rui Hachimura guarding him the rest of the series. So, you know, we should be in for a long one, according to the national pundits, right? 
It seems that way. Yes, I, I think that's the that's the narrative. <laughs> they're, uh, they're just dripping all over the so place what, here with sarcasm. Yeah, what are the the Nuggets being down one nothing now? What are they going to do? Because clearly the yeah. Lakers won last night. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, upset about a win. Um, here's the one thing I will say that would be concerning about the series. Um, one, I mean, there's there's the elephant in the room that most people probably don't want to talk about, but. The NBA media rights are being renegotiated after the finals, and they have Lakers-Celtics on the table. So that that should be all we need to say about that. Um, But two, the one thing that was evident last night is if this goes to six, seven games, you see that Darvin Ham is capable of changing things and adjusting in-game, and that's something that Michael Malone and his staff have never, ever, ever been able to do or excel at in any way. They've been excellent preparing four series and being ready to play in game one. And they've been excellent at adjusting between games, but they never change anything on the fly. And if they get into a situation where it's a sixth and seventh game and Darvin Ham still has some cards to play, then yes, the Nuggets would be in trouble in that situation. Until they get there, I don't think anyone here is too concerned. Is there anything Jokic could do to surprise you at this point? No. I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I heard Tim McMahon, a Dallas guy, saying he's he's kind of the love child of Turk Nowitzki and Steve Nash. Um, I've I've compared it more to Tim Duncan and Larry Bird with the basketball IQ, the fundamentals, the the touch, the shooting ability, and passing ability. Obviously, um, the thing with Jokic, and this is what the national audience has failed to understand: the people that haven't watched him. Right, um, Steve. All apologies, but. How long has our guy Mike Greenberg been on ESPN? 20 years plus? And the rest of the country, people like us in Denver, have had to hear a guy like Mike Greenberg shove the Jets down our throat every turn when the team and the franchise were terrible, thinking the rest of the country cared about him. And it's evident when he does the studio show, he's watching Jokic for the first time. The guy won two MVPs in a row, and he's never seen him play. He has no idea. He says America's going to be introduced to Nikola Jokic. The thing about Jokic is... It doesn't matter if he has a triple-double or if he goes over his rebound total four minutes into the second quarter or if he has a 50-point game. All of those things are in his toolbox and available on any given night depending on the opponent and how they choose to play him. He reads and reacts, which is the, the most pure nature of basketball. It's not like they're running plays for him to have this success or they're doing sets that allow him to compile stats. He sees what the other team is doing and makes the right play. And that's where the stats come from. So it doesn't matter if you put AD on him, if you put Hachimura on him. You know, what is the reputation of Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid as, as defenders? They're considered to be elite big defenders. This season, both of those guys lasted one half trying to guard Jokic and got moved off of him in the second half. So it doesn't matter what you try He's going to pick apart the counter. Chad Andrus joins us, friend of the show. Been around the Nuggets for a while. You're seeing Jokic for the first time as well, so that's good. <laughs> it's good to know. Uh, so the, the Nuggets don't have a ton of depth. How much of a concern is that? And, and who do you identify that might be able to step up and help a little bit more than they did in game one? I think the only person left that probably didn't play well was Jeff Green. Uh, Christian Brown looked like a little bit of a deer in the headlights, but they're only going to play eight guys. They're not going to play more than that. Maybe a break glass in case of emergency when the foul trouble comes, and it inevitably will on Jokic and Aaron Gordon against the Lakers. 
maybe DeAndre Jordan steals four minutes, five minutes here and there just because he's a veteran and they can put him in the game. But they're only going to play eight guys. Nobody else is seeing any action unless there's injuries. Um, can, I mean, you mentioned what they can do in between games. They don't do a great job adjusting in-game, but in between games they do. So what do you think they could do maybe to adjust to what the Lakers did in the second half? The first thing is Aaron Gordon is going to have to play on the perimeter, so Anthony Davis can't just roam the paint and be there as a help defender to block shots and rebound. And the other thing they're going to be able to do is they're going to have to give Michael Porter Jr. more minutes and more minutes at the four. So when they try to do that with AD, he's got to go cover the corner three, or he's got to cover Michael Porter Jr. behind the arc, and it takes away all that effectiveness as him as a rim protector. So those are the first two things they can do. I think the other thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to find a way to get Bruce Brown maybe three, four, five more minutes and take that off of Jamal Murray because they absolutely, positively cannot continue to let LeBron force a switch to get Jamal Murray because he will eat him alive. How often did that? I know it's LeBron, so it's a you know it's a next level player. But how often did Murray get caught in positions where other teams are like, "You stink defensively, so we're going to test you." Uh, he he got definitely hunted last night, and it was yep. it was fairly regular. Part of that is because I think teams were still testing his lateral movement and quickness coming off of the knee injury and missing the last two postseasons. A lot of the the scuttlebutt around here today is a bit of an excuse because he's been sick for a week and they were saying that he just could not hold his position. I don't think he's going to hold his position when he's healthy against LeBron, so I, I think that's a, that's a marginal difference at best. But, yeah, he's definitely the player that, that teams would hunt if they have the personnel at the position to, to hunt him. You know, it's interesting. We're talking to Chad Andrews, the fan in Denver, covers the NBA, has covered the Nuggets forever. Um, one, KCP lighting up the Lakers in key spots was gigantic. You kind of see – I know one time he got knocked to the floor and you know, LeBron, who played with him, kind of yanked him up off the floor as a sign of respect and, and help. But the, the play, I thought, of both Bruce Brown and KCP were just massive. And, and so often these series do come down to, yeah, the Stars have to play really well, uh, but it comes down to the support players. And I just thought those two guys just outdid the support players for the Lakers. And they will continue to because those are the what, – what did P.J. Tucker say a couple years ago with the Bucks The dogs, right? We got dogs. The, the Nuggets <laughs> and Jokic finally have dogs. He's not playing in the postseason with Faku Kampazu and Austin Rivers as his backcourt. He's got guys that play hard all the time, are gritty and tough defensively. And I think most importantly for the Lakers' concerns going forward is they're all big. Like, people don't understand that Jamal Murray is just about 6'5", and KCP is 6'5", and Aaron Gordon is 6'7", and he's 240-plus. So everybody the Nuggets put out there is big. And it's going to cause some problems for the Lakers because that small lineup they started with last night is unplayable. D'Angelo Russell got played off the floor. Schroeder was basically worthless in the game. And if you're going to put Austin Reeves out there because he makes shots, he's going to have to guard Michael Porter, who's got five, six inches on him, and he's going to shoot over him every single time. So part of the answer is going to be playing more guys like Hachimura, but I don't know how far beyond that they're going to be able to go because Denver is just bigger. Are you – I mean, not you, but is – is the Nuggets and their fans just thrilled that they don't have to play my Warriors? Is that the, the ultimate God. joy right now? No, I, I don't think so. The, the, you know, this team has never been to the finals, 
So it was going to be a very difficult path regardless. Going through their former president and general manager and Tim Conley and Twin Towers, who were acquired specifically to defend Jokic in the first round with Towns and Gobert, and then going against Kevin Durant and Booker and a Suns team that made them famous a couple years ago with Suns and Four Guy, and then either LeBron and AD or Steph's Warriors. Like, it was going to be an impossible path if they're going to make their first finals regardless. And I think for the first time ever, because of Jokic and because of the supporting cast on the team, the fan base was going to be at peace either way. And for the first time, they have a confidence of approaching it as they should win regardless of who they play as opposed to being terrified of going up against either one of the legends. Chad Anders is with us. Uh, this conversation and this hour every day on in Reno and Vegas is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766-1400 is the number to call. Dial 775 in the north. Got offices in Henderson and Vegas and Reno. I was just looking at betting interest. Would you bet? You sound really confident. Would you bet this to be a 4-1 series? Nuggets finish off the Lakers. Uh, over, under on 5.5. Under is plus 162. Are you that confident you would lay money on that? Oh, no, not even close. No. Okay. Actually, my, my pre-series bet was Lakers and six because I thought it was the best value. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it remains to be seen. Uh, there's a lot of people who are, are walking tall and very proud here today in Denver. Uh, we'll see as the series goes on. When, you know, when Boston essentially wins in three because they're going to annihilate Miami and they're sitting there waiting and the NBA has that on the table. We'll, we'll see. I think the one big thing that is in Denver's favor, besides the obvious in Jokic in his prime and and it being his time and feeling that way, the one big thing that's in their favor is the series is every other day. And I don't know that you're going to see Anthony Davis score 40 and have 10 rebounds again. I don't know that you're going to see Austin Reeves shoot lights out from three. I don't know that you're going to see LeBron approach a triple-double every game when they're playing every other day with travel. For the Jokic, I'm confident the numbers are going to be there every game. I don't care if they play every day. I don't care if they play on the moon. The guy's going to produce. So so that would be the one thing that would, would give me confidence if I were supporting Denver. But I fully expect this to be at least six, if not seven games, because I know what is going to happen, especially when they get back to Los Angeles. Chad, i got uh, less than 30 seconds left. You're just rolling. I'm not saying you're going to bet this, but do you think the Celtics are just going to annihilate the Heat? They're minus 560. JBT told us the other day that was low. Yeah. I, yeah if I could bet the Celtics in two, if it were possible, I would. <laughs> but the Heat are awful. Wow. All right. How, how, how confident are you in the Nuggets against the Celtics? Um, that's going to be fascinating. Uh, I think the Celtics are, are vastly underachieving, and they're cruising through the East. That they have the most talented roster across the board, and they have elite defenders at every position. So Denver's offensive ability to put up those 144 offensive ratings is going to be really, really difficult against a team that knows they probably should have won last year and missed an opportunity. Chad, you're awesome, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Chad Anders, the fan in Denver. Next Wednesday, we're going to be on the road as the beginning of the Steve Sear Summer Tour is underway. Wednesday, we'll be live at Ellis Island Casino Hotel and Brewery right out front in the front yard, one of our favorite spots. Come on down, grab a beer, watch a show. You got all the Ellis Island beers brewed right there, brewed right there in their brewery established back in 1998. Steve Sear Summer Tour on the road next Wednesday. Cofield and Company live at Ellis Island. 
Looking forward to it. Beginning of a big summer tour 2023.